Welcome to Might in Motion, where we help you navigate your personal and professional goals to manifest them into your deserved career and life path. Here at Might in Motion, we don't make excuses. We do the work and go above and beyond. The Might in Motion podcast brings you guests that will help stretch you out of your comfort zone and push you to improve your goals. Like, comment, and share. This is Might in Motion. I'm bringing to you Brandon Blocker. He's a lieutenant in the Air Force, but he's also the CEO and founder of Oak Lounge Games. If you're anything like me, I love playing card games, uh, board games, etc., and um, just wanted to bring him on because he's got a great story to tell. And I think if any of you are playing the game of life, uh, you need to be able to play some other games as well because competition uh, is really, 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 really important. So I'm going to add Brandon here. Hey, welcome. Hey, Mariana. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Oh, thanks for, for joining us this evening. You know, so you have a very interesting story. You are a young entrepreneur, um, but you're also in the Air Force. Thank you for your service, by the way. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got into creating games. Sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, believe it or not, I kind of get that question a lot. Um, it is kind of a unique niche to uh, to jump into. Um, so really, I I always grew up around games, always loved playing games. Um, my my very first game that I made, uh, I was actually like five years old and I made like little Play-Doh figures and like drew out a map and I still have the shoebox. I should probably have had it set up for this call. But um, so I've got kind of like the inspiration, like very first game we made. Um, skip, you know, a, a decade or two and um, in college kind of looking at different entrepreneurial ventures. And um, we really just kind of circled back. Um, so so the way that that Oak Lounge game specifically kind of got started is um, we had actually just finished a, a really successful real estate deal. Um, we were trying to figure out what to do with the excess capital and where we wanted to deploy it. Um, I was studying at the time, continue to study uh, acquisition entrepreneurship. So I was, I was kind of going through that route and kind of playing around Well, we're, you know, comparing the, uh, comparing the rates of return from, from real estate to, you know, a privately owned business, like, yeah, real estate's good, but owning a business is even better. Um, and, uh, I was like, heck, you know, cardboard, plastic, ink, surely, surely the margins will be wonderful. It's going to be so much fun. You know, we're just going to make some board games and it's going to be fantastic. Um, I've learned that it's a little bit more difficult than that. There's a little bit oh, more yeah. to it. Um, but, but that's kind of how we got started and uh, it just continues to be a wonderful experience to kind of flex my, my business muscles and, uh, you know, play with my like corporate managerial accounting skills and kind of put that to application and how much am I spending per box, you know, and how much am I spending per card that goes into that box. And um, so, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. That's really, really cool. So as a little bit of a background to those of you who are tuning in, Brandon and I met at a small diner on Black Friday in Perry, Georgia. Um, and I was down visiting family and uh, I, I wanted to go Black Friday shopping, but I wanted to hit small town, right? I didn't want to go to the big, the, the 
you know, the big box retailers. And um, it was really, really fun because I had my mother there and my two girls and he walks in and starts setting something up and we're looking and I'm, I'm talking, oh, look, he's, he's setting something up. You know what? He hears us. And he comes over and he's like, I've got a game for y'all to play. And this is the game <laughs> he handed us. It's called Hide Your Nuts. So this will still not be an explicit call, just so y'all know. But this is a really, really fun game. Um, it says 13 plus, but I, I, I do play it with my six and nine year old. Um, and this is from another company, but the company is out of Michigan. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Hide Your Nuts, they are one of our first, uh, we call them community brands. Um, uh -huh. So we kind of have, uh, we have two different arms right now. We have our in-house titles and then we have our community brand titles. And our community brands are um, are other games, other developers who've come up with a with a, a tangible product, and then we've partnered with them to give them more market exposure. Exactly, you know, like like getting in front of you, um, and helping them get out and get exposure to markets that they wouldn't otherwise have access to. Because, um, yeah, the game was actually developed by two ladies in the education industry in Michigan, um, but they shared a similar heart for. Um, you know, fully American, at least as much as possible. Um, I, I don't know if we use the same manufacturer or not, uh, but I mean, there's like a one in three chance that we kind of did because there's not yeah. a lot of them out there. Um, so I think, I think I just happened to run across them on Instagram. And of course, like I saw the title and immediately, you know, lost it's it. So fun. Yeah. It's and funny. I don't, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I might have actually bought the game before I like actually looked through their website and like saw what it was. I was just like, okay, I'm sold on the title alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, so that that sparked it. So they are one of four community brands that we have right now. Um, nice. and then going into 23, we're hoping to kind of pivot and change things up a little bit and maybe take on some more. Um, so we'll see. We also got bootleg, which I I adore as well. It's very gangster-esque and um you know, it, and this is another one that, you know, I think the age is higher because of, you know, we were talking about liquor and stuff, but um, yeah. it's, a, it's a really fun strategy game. Uh, really awesome. And so now this is, this is your private brand, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk a little bit about how there's only a few production, you know, like manufacturing in the United States, that does this type of stuff. So yeah. You know, how do you think about sourcing? And I, I love sourcing because I come from big box and I've had to deal with it um, right. and I've had to deal with shipping and all that. So being mm -hmm. on that smaller scale, how how do you, you know, how do you deal with sourcing? OK, well, so actually, I guess before I dig into um, our sourcing, so we, we have our sourcing on the inventory side with the community brands, uh, mm -hmm. but then for bootleg specifically, uh, we actually acquired um, the intellectual property um, as as one of our like first like big moves as a business too. Um, yeah. So so we found them as a um, we found them as an active brand as an active title that wasn't being fully produced and and we we were able to meet with the um, the creator and and um, present our case to him that we could help you know kind of blow up and get more exposure and bring it to a larger scale. Um, so that was that was kind of that sourcing through um, through intellectual property and kind of mm -hmm. like I guess kind of sort of labor, you know, yeah. preformed pre uh, labor. Um, but then, yeah, our sourcing when it comes to actual uh, manufacturing, um, I don't, I don't, I, I think I gave you kind of the, the quick snippet, but yeah. So our our going in position 
was um, all of our titles that that we produce in-house are going to be wholly American made. So that's development, that's design, that's production. So getting into the nitty gritty, I mean, that's that's like the game designers and people coming with the, the mechanics of the games. That's our artists and the people who are actually like drawing out sketches and stuff. All of that is based in the U.S. So we didn't go on um, Fiverr. We didn't use any of those other like platforms that a lot of um, people conventionally use these days uh, for that kind of labor. And we, and we chose to um, uh, be very specific about that. Um, and then, so that was, that was our, our sourcing from the, the labor intellectual property side, but then on the physical side, um, we scoured the entirety of North America. Sure. Um, so we had a very clear going in position. There's there's about maybe five to seven like really big um, um, manufacturers in our space that are based um, typically overseas um, in Asia, mm-hmm. East Asia, um, and then a few scattered uh, throughout Europe. But there's really only like five to seven from Canada down to Mexico. Um, so we kind of started there and we said, well, you know, manufacturing in America will say the entirety of North America. Um, and then narrow down our scope further to the U.S. specifically. Um, we reached out and contacted everyone that we could find. We even got as far with one company as um, like paying them for the initial like prototype and and like starting to get things in motion. And um, they got back to us and they said, "Oh well, for your artwork, you forgot to put Made in China on the box." And that was <laughs> such a devastating blow because I had spent like months at this point. And this oh. was the furthest we had gotten. We were like, we finally yeah. found one. The price point is perfect, exactly where we want to be. They actually do everything in the U.S. And when I went back through it, um, I I missed the step. And I didn't mention that to them in any of the emails. I just assumed, and, yeah. and based on their website and everything. Um, so I was devastated. And uh, and my wife, you know, was was being supportive. And uh, And so as I'm like, trying to like recover from this massive blow and like where, yeah, how, how is this going to even be possible? Do we just need to do this like everyone else does? And, um, and she picked up the phone she called the very first manufacturer that we found that's based in Michigan and I uh, gave them another call because I'd sent mm-hmm. them an email and I hadn't heard anything back at the time. Um, they immediately hooked us up with account manager and the rest is history. So we've done two full uh, print runs through them now. Um, incredibly happy, but but they are wholly U.S. based, which is you know, again, which aligns exactly with what we're shooting for as a brand. Yeah, I mean, it it, it does take that diligence and time and perseverance, you know. Yeah. And you're you, yeah, you got hit with a blow, but then to be able to pivot and work together as a team is really really cool. Um, why does American Made matter to you? Yeah, yeah. So. I kind of look at it um, holistically. So, so without going maybe too much in depth on one specific point, um, first off, um, supporting American businesses, keeping keeping that that money in the U.S. Um, is important for a few different reasons. Um, you know, there's I I don't I I should probably do more research on the on the statistics of it. So I'm not going to get like too far into that. But um, you know, I've heard from a few different sources that. I think it's like 80 cents on the dollar uh, that stays within a community, like continues to, uh, or, or sorry, $1 for every $1 spent within a community, I think like 80% stays in that community or like something along those lines. Um, 
And so, so for us working with, with American, again, creatives, working with um, manufacturing companies, that's, that's critical to us um, to keep that money in the U.S. Um, from a, again, kind of my military background showing from a more strategic perspective, wars aren't fought as much with guns and bullets as they have been in the past. You know, yeah. the last year in Eastern Europe kind of goes against that rule, but even the behind the scenes of that, it's all, it's all based on the economics, really. Um, so, so when we were looking at the different people, you know, the different big manufacturers that, that source our business, most of those manufacturers are based in nations that, that economically stand in opposition to the U.S. in addition mm-hmm. to, you know, principles and militarily. And so, so looking at that, um, we, we want to, to, to do something different. We wanted to make sure that, that you know, we're, we're hoping to encourage other business leaders to bring that manufacturing um, back to the U.S., to not be supporting countries that are, that are economically opposed to us and our way of life, um, but then also to encourage those U.S. manufacturers to keep going and stick with it yeah. and, and encourage them to, to persevere. Um, that that company, the the first company that I mentioned, um, mm-hmm. I ended up talking to the owner actually. Um, you know, it, through the process, I was so frustrated. I ended up talking to the owner over the phone, and he said he was like, "Yeah, ten years ago we were totally U.S. based, but yeah. but the fact of the matter was we just we couldn't support the business, we couldn't compete with those overseas manufacturers, and we found that that people weren't caring as much. Mm-hmm. So. So as a business, as again, as like one of five manufacturers in this industry in our nation, yeah. they chose that, you know, well, people obviously don't care. The market's not not proving that that it's worth it for us. So we're just going to, you know, we're going to take the order. And we're just going to ship it right over. Um, and then also, again, why American Matters um, in regards to shipping, um, the the ecological benefit of keeping it in the U.S., you know, when we're talking about, again, we're like, it's plastic, cardboard, and, and some ink, right? So, um, so when we're, when we're talking about like the value of having that shipped, you know, across the Pacific Ocean yep. for the pleasure of, of U.S.-based customer, when it all started in the U.S. anyways, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us. Um, and then a lot of this was started during COVID times as well. So a lot of my peers who were small developers, small publishers, they're like, yeah, we just ordered a thousand games and it's sitting off the coast you of San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. going to be maybe 90 days before it enters the port and we can begin shipping. So now, you know, their lead times are just indefinitely on hold. Oh yeah. Whereas we're like, Hey, we know when it's going to come in. And actually as soon as it's done, we're going to have it in a week and it's going to be to you in less than another week. Right. Because that's really, really cool because, you know, not only were there delays at origin, there were delays at domestic ports, people were paying out the wazoo just for detention and trying to get stuff off the port. And when you are a small company, you don't have that kind of bully power like the large companies do. Right. So you're on a you're probably on a container that's with like 50 other people on that same container instead of, you know, owning, you know, the whole ship. Right. So. Um, you know, one thing that I think is really, really cool, you know, is that, you know, you've, you have, um, you're taking risks, right? You're taking risks oh, yeah. with, uh, companies locally, 
Um, and maybe you could share a little bit more about your thoughts about being willing to go and, and take that kind of risk. Okay. Yeah. Um, so especially when it comes to talent, right? Like you were saying, you don't use fiber and don't use some of this other stuff, these other kind of avenues. Yeah. Um, you know, taking risks on talent is really, really important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we've done talent a little bit differently. We've, we've chosen to, to, uh, take a risk on young talent. Um, so we are working with folks that, that maybe aren't established in the marketplace in their specific field. It might not even be the thing that they do full time yet. Um, mm -hmm. and trying to provide them an opportunity to use their artistic talents, um, and their, their creative energies, their business acumen, um, in a really fun and unique setting. Um, so I guess to touch a little bit on the nitty gritty, so our, our flagship title is actually Hero's Journey. Um, that we got, um, I think we got in end of November is when we finally got our shipment in. Um, and that that's how, that was the first game that started Oak Lounge. And I had I had like $2,000 set aside, or I, no, I had a total of $5,000 set aside. And I was like, oh, well, I think I can, I think I can develop this game, develop all the intellectual property associated with maybe like two grand. And then I'll use the other two grand for um, production of like maybe 500 units. And then I've got a thousand dollars for marketing, you know, like super, super like small scale. Um, and, um, and I immediately ended up spending two grand on one of my buddies to help me like write and co-author and co-design the game. And we hadn't paid for any illustrations or graphic design at that point or production for that matter. Um, yeah. But, but that said, we were able to work with folks that um, had full-time jobs doing something that maybe is not what they want to do forever right. um, and give them, give them an opportunity to display their creative talents, um, creating artwork for a game. And now, you know, every household that we get into, you know, their names on the box as, hey, this person helped design this game or, or create the illustrations for it. Um, and so, so um, sourcing young talent has been has been important to us um, because when I was kind of developing myself and going through college, um, I, as I'm sure you've probably kind of picked up, I, I'm I'm a pretty proactive guy. Um, I try mm -hmm. to do a little more than I probably should at any given time. Um, so in college, I really kind of swung for the fences and different like job opportunities. And I didn't even get like the time of day. Like I like my emails weren't responded to. My 12 yep. phone calls were never picked up. My voice mails were never responded to. Um, and, you know, I'm sure there was a bit of ignorance in there that, oh, well, I can just figure it out and, and, you know, figure out how to do this job or, or you know, be in property management or work with um, real estate development companies, you know, things of that nature. Um, but I was never given that opportunity. And mm -hmm. so I would see my peers around me, especially again, in, in an American college, we have some of the brightest people in the world. Yep. And the the cost ratio for for the you know what you're going to pay for that talent and that labor compared to what you're going to pay in two years when they're out it's like night and day difference right um, and giving those people an opportunity to pursue those higher level um jobs and those higher level skills and develop themselves outside of you know um, the more traditional college level jobs right um so yeah, so that's that's kind of how we we take risks in terms of our our labor. But I, which I think is great. I mean, I've I've had um, when I was in college, I did tons of co-ops and internships, and now 
you know, in corporate America, when I'm looking at resumes, it always stands out to me when there is an applicant that has really put themselves out there to, to work while they're going to school. And mm -hmm. sometimes I find that you're, you're in an interview with somebody and you know, they may be highlighting uh, an internship they have, but they didn't put on there that they were an Uber driver or they didn't put on there that they were, you know, a waitress. And like those jobs too actually have a pretty big impact. And mm. you, it's all about how you spin your experience. So even mm. if someone is is young and is, you know, they're doing, you know, they maybe in high school, they started, you know, working at a fast food joint. And then in college, they're working to help pay for their education as a hiring, you know, person like that, that really resonates with me. Mm -hmm. um, like I have found in, in some of those interviews, I'm like, Hey, well, why didn't you mention like, for example, Uber, like, why didn't you mention that you were, you know, an Uber eats delivery driver? You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It didn't seem like it was relevant. Well, you're interviewing with me and I'm in transportation. It's relevant, mm -hmm. right? Like you're telling sure. me that you can manage your time. You can manage a route. You can do, mm -hmm. you know, do X, Y, Z. You maintained a five-star rating or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. These are things that is, as you know, you have the opportunity to talk to young talent out there and helping them understand that that those things that they're doing now, which they may think is I'm just doing this on the side. It's my side mm -hmm. hustle, right? That side hustle can, can build into something much, much bigger. Um, you know, if they really, you know, put forth that, that effort and take that risk, like you were saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's cool to be in such a collaborative industry collaborative nature because we all benefit every every yeah. unit that goes out everyone that's on the box benefits from it from the people who designed the game to the people who play test it because we put them on the box too mm -hmm. so the people who are sitting down and and you know spending hours of their time looking at our you know cutouts and whatnot you know yeah. those people get to benefit and say like my name is on a game box and yeah. you know we're all hopeful that it'll blow up and and you know be out there for a while that's really, really cool. Um, so I always try to kind of close with this question. And um, so I'm going to ask you, though, 10 years ago, if you looked at yourself where you were 10 years ago, what would you tell the person you were then? So I don't, you may have, you may have been in high school. I don't know where you were 10 years ago, but uh, like, what would you tell <laughs> told Brandon Blocker at that time? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I would have been, um, I would have been on the back end of high school at that point. Mm -hmm. um, really, I would have told young Brandon to focus on the relationships because that was something that I missed until after graduating college. And at that point, I'm like, golly, the amount of opportunities that were just kind of, I'm, I'm not going to say squandered, but, but the amount of opportunities that I had to network with people like yourself while I was yeah. in college um, network with other people who were up and coming and being proactive as my peers and then where where they are now um, you know three four or five years later um, that's something that that I wish I would have focused on a lot more in high school and then in college because you know I, I I really focused in on the get good grades you know figure out mm -hmm. what you're doing with your life uh, but totally missed that social element so yeah. um now on this side, I'm working, you know, extra hard to to develop those relationships and meet people and uh, make cool connections like this one. Yeah, it's it's really um, you say that, but it's so true, right? Like, and it's hard, I think, for a lot of folks, especially if you're still in a work from home kind of environment of how do I can build those relationships? How do I continue to network if I'm not walking down the hallway or riding the elevator with, you know, these ah. people? You have to be 
very um, thoughtful and specific about what, how you reach out to folks. Right. And, yep. you know, as I've talked to different people, especially, you know, with the folks that might be working from home and they're new to the company, right. Like how, you, you know, they'll look to me and they say, you know, everybody here. And I'm like, well, yeah, I've been here 20 years. So <laughs> it, it's different, right. You've been here yeah. five minutes. Here's my suggestion. You gotta, you have to put yourself out there, mm-hmm. which might mean you don't get the return phone call or you don't get the return email, like you said, but you continue right. to put yourself out there. You're going to show up. It's just mm-hmm. like the algorithms on social media, right? You continue to post, you continue to provide value, continue to give, 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 and you'll see those networks increase and grow and expand. Um, and then it starts pivoting to, um, I always call it the godfather mentality, which is might be why I, I kind of lean toward buying the bootleg one, but like the God, for me, the godfather mentality is like, okay, I'm going to do this favor. At some point I'm going to come to you. I'm going to ask mm. a favor. Right. Yeah. And so it all goes back to giving. So if I'm giving and I'm constantly giving, I'm giving, 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 it will come back to you and it'll end up mm-hmm. coming back to you tenfold because you're putting that, that out there for the people you work with, the people that, you know, are important to you in your life, your spouse, your kids, you know, your friends. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's just this, it's very interesting to see how, how doing that actually comes back to you. And yeah. so I love that you want to tell your 10, your, your, I want to say 10 year old self, but your 17 year old self, like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is like, don't, don't forget that, that part. Cause it's more than just like having fun. It's it, you're right. You're creating bonds and relationships that are going to serve you to come. Yeah. Well, you have no idea where those people are going to be in five, 10, 20 yeah. years. And yeah. whatever the impression you made with them during that time period, I mean, that's what's going to last when you show up to the oh, high school yeah. reunions and you yeah. see them later or, on. And it's not just like in high school. Like I, there were things that I did 10 years ago or said 10 years ago, you know, at work and it, things that might still haunt me, you know, or like, oh, are you going to react this way? You know, because I remember you reacting that way. I'm like, dude, that was like 15 years ago. I was a completely right. different person, you know, or it was a bad day. <laughs> and they only remember the bad day. Right. And yeah. so you got to overcome some of that too with like, how do you just turn your, try to be more positive and, and interactive with folks is just, it's really, really important. So, so speaking of interacting and creating relationships, tell us what's the best way for people to, um, really connect with, with your company, with your brand and with you. Okay, sure. Yeah. So honestly, the best is probably, um, through our social media, through Instagram. Uh, we're okay. super active on there. Uh, we're at Oak Lounge Games. Um, we also have a really great website, um, oakloungegames.com. Um, but yeah, yeah, we love seeing people getting involved and, and showing us, you know, when they're when they're enjoying our titles and um, you know the people that they're showing. Um, we got friends in Europe that that like to send. I I think it's it's a little bit of a power move. He's like, hey, playing hydro nuts, but also here's the Swiss Alps behind me. Like, all right, dude. Well, <laughs> thanks for sharing. You know, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I think if you're yeah. hiding that Swiss Alps, you are definitely winning over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so we're super active on, on Instagram. Love, love connecting with people on there. That is awesome. So Brandon, thank you so, so much for joining me this evening. This has been a wonderful conversation. Um, and it kind of takes full circle from where when we met, like I said, at a diner in Perry, Georgia, 
you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to talk to. And, um, you know, your games have been a staple in, in our household ever since then and love it. So thank you so, so much. Awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you for tuning into Might in Motion. If you learned something about motivation, momentum, mindfulness, or might, please like, comment, and share. Thank you.